This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Go with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3. Again, this is our foundation scripture, verse 15. <clears throat> and this is what we came, off, uh, come, came out of on this morning's text. And again, the topic of this is understanding and embracing the gift of pastor. And my part, portion of this is the office of pastor. And to be honest, my objective is just to examine the office of pastor. And that's what we spent some time on, on this morning to do is examining the office of pastor. And we'll spend some time this evening examining the office of pastor. So the office of pastor is given by God. Again, God knows who he calls. It is for purpose sake and order. And then I ask the question, do you respect the office of pastor? And who you don't respect, you cannot appreciate. Right? Understand that. If you don't respect the office, you won't be able to appreciate it. And if you don't respect the person that's in that office, then you can't respect the office. If you don't respect the person that's in that office, you can't appreciate the office. Right? You have to understand, the office of pastor is given by God, not you. Not us. God calls those in the office of pastor. And God gives out of the assignment to the pastor that is needed for his people at a particular time. Again, the assignment that's given to the pastor is by God for a particular time and for, guess what, his people. I mean, again, God is so good with this. I love his arrangement. That's why come, you don't understand and can't really see what's going on here. Understand, this is for God's purpose, his order. He's given us a pastor according to his heart that we need at this time. God has done that. And again, that's why I'm so appreciative. I just thank God for, for caring for us. So it's in God's order, not man, who establishes the pastor's assignment and direction. It is in this time that God has given his assignment to our pastor, again, Pastor Alva Hill, for the work he has now called us to do. So the work that we have been now called to do, the assignment has been given to our pastor and Pastor Alva Hill. God has given her that assignment for the work that he's called us to do. Get that, that line of authority, right? God has given her that assignment for the work he's called us to do now. So that means she is not the interim pastor. Got to say that again, right? She is not the interim pastor. She is the pastor. That God has given his assignment for us to follow. Again, these are very simple statements, but I think, I hope you understand them. I want to make sure I say the, the, the statements because I don't think people get this, right? She's not an interim pastor. She's the pastor who God has called at this time and given her the assignment for this ministry to go forward. And it's in this assignment that God has given her is how we are functioning as a church, as a ministry in this dispensation. That's the only reason we have order now. That's the only authority that we're under because God has given her that assignment. And we are under that. Then I mentioned that God has shown us great mercy since September 1st, 2018. For with God, we are still able to go on as a ministry, as a church. We function without ceasing. That's because of God's great mercy that we continue to go on. And it's in his great mercy that this transition has happened from one pastor, our founding pastor, to our current pastor. That is great mercy. You know, we've said this many years before. You know, we're going to, we always say we're going to see what Church of Living Water is about once our pastor goes on. 
our founder. But we said these things. And now we're in this time of the season, right? We are now we're seeing, oh, are you going to trust God or are you going to trust your trust was in a man? See, we're going to find out who you trust in this season. If your trust was in a man or your trust was in God, that's why you're shaking now. Some of y'all, because your trust was in a man. But your trust needs to be in God. And God is trying to show you that. God may be trying to show us something. But who he has called for the assignment of pastor for us now. God has definitely got your attention. And again, these things, I'm going to tell you, these things are not up for argument or discussion. I'm I'm not going to argue with God about who he called to be pastor. Why? Because he's God. This is his church. He can call whoever, God can call whoever he wants to be pastor. That's his calling. I'm not going to argue with God about, these things are not up for debate. Pastor Hill, she ain't got to debate with you about her calling to pastor. That's that's God has called her for. Again, if you don't understand it, you don't believe it, you don't trust in God, then guess what? You can just go. Just, again, like I said, this one, bow out gracefully or, or, or abruptly, but just go ahead and leave. Because we're not going to have trouble here because this is who God has called us in this time to be our pastor. And she is on assignment from God. And we're going to give honor and respect to her. All right, so then I, I, I talked about how there's things that have changed since uh, September 1st. Again, things have changed as far as things have been added. We talked about we have added two new deacons. We've started next generation service, again, focusing on this generation. We also have a service that we have that had next generation leading it. Again, these are things just, I'm trying to remind you of how God has progressed since September 1st, right? You know, and I heard this sister still mention this, it's like God's going to put us on pause after September 1st. God doesn't work in pauses. God is always going forward. So there's things that need to transpire and happen now that we're in this season. And these things have been done. We was called to a, a 31-day fast. And again, that call was by God. But we were given us in, in, through a delegated authority through our pastor. To let us know when we should do and what kind of fast is going to be as far as what we're going to put aside. And we understand a fast is afflicting of our soul. That was a time we should have afflicted our soul. That was a fast call by God. And again, you are already seeing the fruits of that fast. And then I talked about how the, the Spirit of God is here in this place because we've seen four youth that got saved during a YWC session. They received salvation. They received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Again, these are things that happened since September 1st. Again, many other things. I'm just, I'm just calling out some things to bring to your remembrance. Help you understand that we're still functioning as a church, as a ministry. God's order is still in this place. God, the office of pastor is still here. Alright, so Jeremiah 3, verse 15. It says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so, when I said we're going to, my, my part, portion of this teaching, we're going to break down this passage of Scripture to help you understand what God is saying here. So when he says the word I, I will give you, I is referring to God the Lord alone. The Lord alone, God, is giving you, and the you is us, the congregation, pastors. God alone is giving us pastors. Get that. God alone is giving us pastors. They're not calling themselves to that, to that office. God has given that office to us, the congregation. And the word pastor there refers to shepherd. And a shepherd is a caretaker of the master's flock. And flock means a multitude of sheep under the care of a shepherd. And so the flock refers to us the congregation 
So that means pastor is giving us a shepherd, a caretaker for the master's flock. God has given us that caretaker. And it's found in our pastor. And so what it, does it mean by I will give you master, I will give you, me, I will give you pastors? We're talking about pastor as a gift from the Lord God to the congregation. God gives this gift based on what is needed. God chooses the gift needed for you. You don't choose the gift. You don't tell God what gift you want. The calling of pastor and teacher is by God, not you. Your choice is to receive from the gift that God has chosen. You get that, right? That's your choice. You have a choice whether you're going to receive from the gift that God has chosen. How do you receive from that gift? That means you need to embrace the gift. You need to submit to the office. And you need to commit to the work, yourself to the work. That's how you show that you have received from the gift. I'm embracing the gift of office of pastor. I'm submitting myself to that office. That means I'm under that delegated authority. Then I'm going to commit myself to the work. Because there is an assignment that God has given our pastor and that's work for us to do. Again, that's why we're still here. We're here to finish this work that God has given us to do. Right, so then it says, <clears throat> I will give you pastors according to my heart. And, and I'm so glad, glad, you know, I love how the scriptures read. You know, he could, this scripture could have read totally different he didn't say that part, right? But he says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. It's all about the heart of God. That's why he's giving us pastors. Don't miss, it's all about the heart of God. And so what comes out of the heart of God? We said love, mercy, great mercies, compassion, chastening or correction, judgment. All these things come out of the heart of God. So that's why you have a pastor. Again, those are things you're going to see out of the office of pastor. Then we said faithfulness of God. Those that are on assignment from God comes from the heart of God. So now you're coming against this delegate authority, which is in the office of pastor, that came from the heart of God. Guess who you just came against? God. You're looking at a man or looking at a woman. You're looking at an individual and you're going against God. You think you're going against that individual? You are going against, matter of fact, you're going against the heart of God. Because God said, they came out of my heart. God has given us pastors according to his heart for you and you're coming against that order. You're coming against God. Again, I keep saying this. I'm saying this again. If you don't understand it or you can't get your head around it, then it's best for you to leave. I'm serious with that. You don't want to cause trouble. You don't want to be at odds with God because something you don't understand. It is what it is. And it's God's order. So God has given us, again, a pastor according to his heart, speaks to the care God has for us. To give us a caretaker for this flock. I say, what an awesome God we serve. For God to give us a pastor according to his heart. Again, that speaks to God's care he has for us. He's providing us a caretaker. The care for this congregation. So once God delegates or calls the pastor into office, he gives them an assignment. And again, that, pa- the, that assignment is based on, on the pastor is, is on an assignment from God. And God has only given his assignment to whom he calls. 
Right? Don't miss that. God has only given his assignment to who he calls. Right? So, so the rest of us that are operating out of delegate authority, we are operating out of the ministry of helps. In other words, we're based on the assignment that God has already given to the pastor. We're functioning out, out, of, out of that assignment. So that's why I said before, the, the, the organizations or the governments or the ministry of helps, we're not bigger than, than, the, than the pastor's direction or guidance. You know, whatever the assignment was, that's how the ministry helps to flow. That's why you're in this ministry. Stay with the assignment that God has given to the pastor. That's how we flow in the ministry of helps. That's the line of authority. That means if there's things that you're, oh, I think we need to do this, oh, we need to do that, you know, like your auxiliary is bigger than the assignment that, that God has given the pastor, then something's wrong with you. You're out of order. Your auxiliary is not bigger than the assignment that was given to the pastor. And you're not, your, your auxiliary is not driving the pastor in the direction that, that they need to go. You know, I feel like we need to go in this direction. I need we need to go in that direction. And again, that's why I said in the morning, it turns into almost AMC kind of discussion because we think that our, our area that we work in the ministry are more important than anything else in the church. What's the most important thing in church is God. He is God. Alone. That's the most important thing. Let's stay under God's order. Whatever auxiliary you are in is because of God. Don't bring, don't get, bring God out of your auxiliary. Thinking you know something. Because here's the thing I, I love about God. You know, God is a living God. God will show up. And you know how God shows up? Subtly. When it means, why am I subtly? It's when you least expect it. But you know, God has given you a chance to repent. He's given you a chance to get it right. God is just, again, His love is coming out of His heart. He's given compassion for you to get yourself where you need to be at. But then He's going to show up on you. The time when you least expect, then here's God showing up. You think this is a regular Sunday, a regular Wednesday, a regular Sunday night service, and then God will show up. And you're like, oh, okay, there is a God. Then you realize there is a God. And you'll be the one that gets corrected, exposed. Because you feel like your auxiliary is bigger than the assignment that God has given the pastor. It's not. All right, so why did God give pastors according to his heart was to feed us. Feed us with understanding. I'm sorry, with knowledge and understanding. And so we went to Ezekiel uh, 34, and we won't go there this evening again. We talked about how the Lord will feed His flock. Again, the Lord will feed His flock. Get that? The Lord is feeding us. I'm telling you, you don't hear nothing else in these messages. Understand, it is God's work that we are under. God is feeding us. The vessel He's using is under the assignment of God. But it's God that's feeding us through that vessel. So the Lord is feeding his flock. The Lord will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. God indeed has an, has an assignment to restore this generation. And he's put us on assignment to restore this generation. We looked at that in Ezekiel. He said to strengthen those that are sick. See, that all falls under the office of pastor. To strengthen those that are sick. You know, I wonder, you, you, have, an, you have an issue with, with the pastor, issue with the elders. And then I'm like, well, then when you get sick and it says call upon the elders of the church, who are you calling? If you, if you don't believe in an elder, again, I said before, you don't respect that person in that office, how can you respect the office itself? How are you going to call upon the elder and you don't believe in, that, in the, the person that's operating as elder? And you're sick. You know, that's real for you. The doctors have told you things, but you, don't, but you have an issue with the office. Now, how are you calling upon the elders of the church to lay hands on you in the name of the Lord? Well, you don't even believe they're the elders. 
see something's off there. Again, you, you expect God to show up for your needs, but, but God's saying you need to get in line with my order. Fall in line with God's order. So he's going to strengthen the sick. He's going to save his flock. And he says he has set up one shepherd to feed them. And that one shepherd we talked about is the Lord Jesus. He is the good shepherd. And everyone else, the local shepherds in the congregation, they are under the chief shepherd or the good shepherd in Jesus. They're under assignment under him. So, like I said, you're going against, you think you're going against an individual, but you're coming against the chief and the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus. They're under them. So, in order to feed you, the pastor must first receive from God, God's instructions. God is only giving his instructions to his delegated authority. Again, God is only giving his instructions to his delegated authority. They have the instructions. They have the direction. And we're all falling after that. And so then I said, God is a God of order. He is not deviating his order or his timing because you don't understand it or you don't agree with it. God's going to stick with his plan. God has, a, has an order and time. Everything is beautiful in his time. You know, nothing is... This time and season we are in is not a surprise to God. What happened on September 1st, 2018 was not a surprise to God. God had already had things in place to continue on with the work of ministry. God did. Everything is beautiful in his time. And we are in that time. And so then we looked at Luke chapter 1 and we looked at Zacharias and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. Now let's turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a little bit of this. Luke chapter 1 because I wanted you to see some things about these individuals. And the main thing I wanted you to see, again, we, we talked about how God is not deviating from what he said. And Zacharias, when he heard the angel of the Lord come speak to him, all he would think about was he was an old man. And, God, and the angel of the Lord told him, this is the answer to your prayer. You prayed this. You prayed to have a son. And now God has sent me to tell you you're going to have a son. You're asking, is this of God? How do I know this? And, and like I said, just maybe having us, having our pastor now is, is an answer to prayer. Somebody pray. God is answering. Thank God for that. God answers prayer. And he's going to answer prayer in his timing. Because I, I understand Zachariah. Like I said, he's, he's like, God, you know, if you're going to give me a son, why you wait till I got old to give me a son? Because it's bigger than him. See, John the Baptist had to come before Jesus. Right? You know, it's, it's exactly. It was all about purpose. He had to come before Jesus came. So it was in God's timing when John the Baptist had to be born. There's a particular time that John the Baptist had to be born. And God was not changing that time because you, you're out of order. God's like, oh, you're going to do this. You shall do this. All right, so Luke chapter 1. Let's look at starting at verse... And we're going to read all this again. Let's start at verse 13. It says, but, and this is, this is uh, after the angel of the Lord uh, appeared to John, I'm sorry, appeared to Zacharias and started speaking to him about him having a child. Luke chapter 1, verse 13, it says, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Right? And then verse 14 says, Thou shalt have joy 
and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And you know, these things I read, I'm like, how, how you read this and not know this is from God? This is all about God's purpose of redemption. And why you say it? Because our pastor and the office assignment he, that, that she has is all about God's purpose and redemption. You, this, I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe, in, believe for the work's sake. Look at, again, that's why I went back. Look at lives being changed because of the gospel message. The thing, the order that's going on in this ministry. Look at your life continually being changed. I'm talking about your life being changed towards the things of God. Your walk with Him. How can you question whether this is the Spirit of God or not? When your life is continually being changed. And this man going to sit here and like, and, and, and he told him what he's going to do for the work. You know, he never said what kind of job he's going to have, what kind of money he's going to make, how many children he's going to have. He didn't say anything about his occupation from, from that as naturally. But he told him he's going to have many children of Israel to be turned to the Lord from, for their God. That's purpose. That's on assignment. That's God's timing. And he shall go, verse, verse 17, he shall go before him in the spirit of the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And then here, verse 18, and Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? How do you answer, well, I'm going to know this? Think about, and, and, and I didn't read the first part. We said that Zechariah and Elizabeth, he said these were righteous individuals. They were walking after God. God doesn't pull somebody else that was in foolishness and bondage and brought forth John the Baptist. No, these were righteous folks. They walked with the Lord. They understood His commandments. They were applying the Word of God in their life. But here when God showed him His, his purpose, what He was doing, He couldn't receive it. And that's why I told you, you know, you think you're righteous, but you think you know something, but God, you don't know God's purpose and His planning. You don't. That's found in His authority. That's found in his, his delegate. That's found in his assignment he's given. You just walk righteous. Stay under the authority. Because they have the assignment. Not you. Well, I know God. But you don't know what God is doing. If you're not under God's authority, you do not know what God is doing. That's why you, you know, that's why you better stay in this place. You know, I said, you, you know, those that don't, can't get on, you need to leave. But there's a good reason why you need to stay. Stay under God's authority. It's a safe place to be. We're in, we're in a safe place, people. Secure in the Lord Jesus. Right, and so then, again, we saw who Zechariah, he said this about him being old, and his wife was well stricken in years. And then, and then verse 19, an angel answering him said, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. Again, the angel did not back down on what God has said. And the behold, thou shalt be dumb. I like how he said, and behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. The angel of the Lord did not deviate from God's commandments. You're going to have this child with your wife in your old age that you prayed about. It's going to happen. We're not going to get anyone else because it's all about God's timing and His order. John the Baptist has to come now. And shall be performed because thou believest not my words, 
which shall be fulfilled in their season. This happened because he didn't believe. Again, they walked in God's commandments. They were righteous before the Lord, but they didn't believe in the words of God. See, there's a direction and God is showing us in this time that he's given us. Do you believe it? Do you believe in God? If you don't believe in God, no wonder you can't walk in this. No wonder you're having a hard time with this. But do you believe in God? And then jump down to verse uh, 37. Because that was a passage that just illuminated for me. Because verse 37 in Luke chapter 1, it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. See, in this timing that we are in, this season we are in, now having Pastor Hill as our pastor, nothing shall be impossible with God. Because God has given her to us for this time to fulfill God's purpose. It's about God. It's not impossible. What you think you know is not impossible. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And if you examine, if you look at some, if you remind, if you just remember some things, right? You know, you remember some things about, about Pastor Hill. Again, it's not here to, to, again, debate or defend her. But, you know, she's been a minister longer than all, these, all of us have been. She's been teaching here longer than all of us have. You know, here's the thing that gets me. We're talking about calling her Pastor Hill now. You know, we call her Sister Hill. Why we never call her Minister Hill? How many people ever called her Minister Hill? But she was Minister Hill. But we still call her Sister Hill. Now, you call these other ministers ministers for whatever reason. But you didn't call her minister. But she still was minister healed. See, don't miss what God is doing. It's, it's not like, you know, I had to say, Johnny, come late. It's not like God knows his order. God knows who he's called for this time. She is already seasoned. She's already real prepared for this assignment. <laughs> for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And the assignment is for this ministry. Now, what other ministries do with their pastor and their leadership, that's them. They're on a whole other assignment. I, I can't even speak to that. That's why from people on the outside, they may not understand her being our pastor. I, that, I don't even care about you. You ain't got to understand it because you're not here. For those of us that are here, we understand this is our pastor. This is the time and season for us. And this is our pastor going to lead us in that, in that time and season, this dispensation. For us that are here. Again, I'm saying, don't try to explain to nobody. I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed to say that's my pastor. If you don't understand it, that's... That's fine, because I know why, because you're not here. You've got to be under this. Under this assignment to understand that she is the pastor. She's well qualified, well able. Why? Because God called her. God is with her. That's why I said she don't have to prove anything to anybody, the assignment that God has called her to do. If you don't understand it, then just move on. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So then I said, what should have been our response, right? Our response should be that we should rejoice. We should be rejoicing this time. And I, and I read this from Luke chapter 1. and I'm gonna, Let me go ahead and read this. Verse 57 and 58. It says, Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth the son. So now the son John appears, right? After all this drama that happened before, he, he came. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed what? Great mercy. Upon her. They rejoice with her. See, that's why we rejoice now. This is great mercy that God has shown upon us by giving us our pastor. After his heart. 
Because God has shown us He's not God is not waiting to get His work done. Again, everything is God ordered in His timing. His work is going to be accomplished in His timing, not ours. God's not waiting for His work to get done. So we should rejoice that God has continued with us through our pastor. Again, like I said, maybe God is trying to show us something in this time that we need to trust in God and not in a man. Maybe that's what He's showing us. Put your trust in God. Watch Him work during this time. Alright, so who God calls, He gives clear instruction to. And provides a clear direction. Who God calls, He gives clear instructions and provides clear direction. And so now we go back to Jeremiah 3 and 15. It says, again, according to thine heart, right? I've given you pastors according to my heart that shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. That knowledge and understanding is the clear direction and clear instructions that God has given it. So what clear instructions, uh, what clear directions have God given our pastor? What's the clear directions he's given us? First thing, the clear directions are our mission. It's right here behind me, right? So look at this, right? The threefold mission. That, that's clear. That is a clear direction of where we're going. Upward, we must always remember that our primary reason for being is to glorify God. Inward, we must exhort and teach one another. Outward, we must reach outward. That, that's clear. Where do we get that from? Our pastor. It's clear. That's the, that's the knowledge and understanding that we have. That's clear direction of our mission. If you wonder what is our mission, you can be able to tell anyone upward, inward, and outward. It's clear. What's the clear instructions we've gotten from our pastor? The essential work is for us to restore this generation. That has been clear. It's the established church of living water because it was only founded. But now it is time for it to be established. Those were clear instructions was given to us by our pastor that she got from God. We're going to establish this ministry and to arise and build, become wall builders. Those are clear instructions. I mean, again, we can't make these things up. Okay, you and all your, you know, knowledge and intelligence, you couldn't have came up with that. Who else had that instruction other than the pastor that God had called in this time? God gave that to her, her alone. When you first heard, you're like, what? Arise and build what? Restore this generation, what? What do you mean we weren't, we weren't established? We were established at a church. No, we was only... You heard that stuff, you're like, that was instruction by God. Help us. Here is our clear instruction for this dispensation we are in. This amount of, this, this span of time we have now, here's our instructions. She got that from God. Now you need to either trust God and move forward, commit to that, or move around. Just go ahead. But she heard from God. She's on an assignment. Again, that's the feeding us with the understanding and knowledge. We have it. That's why, you know, I don't understand people say they don't know their part. Your part is found right in those, your part, your part is found right in those instructions. Everybody should know that. That's the ministry that helps. If you're not here rising and building, I mean, it's on the walls and the children ministry now. I mean, you know, that's, that's clear. Not even the children know. What the, what the instructions is. They are wall builders. Every time they walk in that children's ministry, they'll see we are wall builders. We need to recognize it. We still have the, the blocks over there. 
arise and build. Every aspect of the ministry. Where do we get this from? Our pastor. She got it from God. That's the knowledge and understanding. See, no one else had that. No one else had that, that instructions. Because God only gave it to his delegated authority. She's under assignment, people. And the assignment she's on is under God. And again, she's no joke. And you, you know, it's, it's not going to be moved by you. Because we understand opposition is, is there as well. We, we saw how in, in Nehemiah, how people trying to get us to come off the wall and get them to come off the wall. Opposition is always around us. Sometimes, sometimes it's internal, right? Opposition is there. But we're not getting off God's assignment. Because one part of the pastor's or the shepherd's responsibility for the care of the flock is to look out for the wolves. See, that's come with that office. The office of pastor, she can identify the wolves. Turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Now it's time to get a little scared. John chapter 10. Because you think, oh, I don't, I don't know if she's in that office or not. Well, she identified you as the wolves. John chapter 10. Look at this. <laughs> starting at verse. Starting at verse number 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbed up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entered in by the door is the, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And so in our pastor's responsibility, in her role, office as pastor, she's given her life for the sheep. She's taken on that same persona. She's given her life for, and you know who the sheep are? Us. The flock. She's given her life for that. But she is under the good shepherd, the Lord. That's why she's always pointing us to Christ. And you heard that in comments on this morning when people giving their testimony. The pastor's always pointing you to, to, to Christ. They're not pointing to themselves. They're not trying to gather you up, them to, you to them. They're pointing you to the Lord. That's the good shepherd. And those that are under the good shepherd follow that, that instruction, that guidance. They're laying their life down for the sheep. And here you are complaining about the pastor who's laying their life down for you. 
Again, that's what I'm saying. This, this call that God has given the past, it's by God. Come to you, everybody's not going to lay down their life for you. Trust me. The way you act, the way, again, like I said, she already knows you. She's been here longer than all of us. She knows every, every, every individual in here, she knows you. And she still wouldn't lay down her life for you. Tell me that ain't God. That is God. Because you know how you are. You ain't really laying down your life for folks in this room. Verse 12. But he that is in the hireling is not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not. Seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scatter the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling. And care not for the sheep. See, our, our pastor is not a hireling. A hireling is a servant for pay. They're, they're out for the pay. They don't have no care or love for the sheep. They're hireling. They're hired to do a work. You, you, you missed that, right? They're hired to do it. But see, our pastor was called by God on assignment to do this. Hope you don't miss that. Because you act like, you treat this like this is somebody's job. You know, like, you, like your work, like you do on your job. But this, this, is, this is God's order. This is how. He calls them to this work. And God's going to reward her for her diligence. It's not about the pay. That's not how she's, why she's doing it. Again, she, like she's been in this ministry. So like she understands. She knows more than anybody about that anyway. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about the work that God has called her to do. The, the assignment that she is on. But the hireling, those that, that person in that office, they're not the shepherd. They see the, the, the wolf coming and they leave the sheep. And you see what the wolf is going to do. It's going to cause the sheep to be scattered. Devour the sheep. See, the hireling is not a caretaker. Again, they have no care for the sheep. They see the wolf coming and still leave the sheep. There's no covering there. There's no protection there. See, that's why I thank God, again, for, for my pastor. I thank God for the office of the pastor. Because she can identify the wolf. She's not going to flee. She's going to make sure to confront the wolf so it won't scatter the sheep. See, we're not here to be scattered. We're here to be secure and safe. So we can hear and be, be fed by God. Because if you're scattered, how are you going to be fed and you're scattered? Wandering around. See, you would thank God that we have a pastor, that we have a shepherd. If not, we will be scattered. Again, I'm telling you, you, you when you come to church, you, you, I don't think we think about these things. You have a place to come and gather. Do you ever think about that? If we didn't have this place, where would we gather at? Well, we just get, the, you know, we just get together, go eat. That's just a fellowship. But we talking about the things of God. We would not have a place to come gather. We will be scattered, wandering around. But we have a shepherd that's here, that's under the good shepherd, that's going to feed us with God's word and His understanding. That's going to recognize the wolf. Now, the wolf is an interesting creature. Right? The wolf is wild, savage, a cruel animal. The wolf travels in packs, making a terrible howling noise, and are generally cowardly. Yet, when they sense weakness in their prey, they attack. They almost 
always go out by night to attack their prey, meaning they thrive in darkness. Again, I'll say this about the wolf. This is what the shepherd, the pastor, acknowledges, can see. They can recognize the wolf. The wolf is of the wild. They're a savage, a cruel animal. Wolf travels in packs. You've got to find a ringleader, right? But it's going to, they're going to travel in packs. That's why you wonder, you know, that's why they're looking to say, okay, now where is the wolf at? You know, because I, I see the pack, but I've got to find the wolf. Because there's a ringleader there. Because they're traveling in packs. You better be careful who you're traveling with. You know, by traveling with who you keep company with. You know, here's a group of y'all coming and approaching the pastor. And she's just sitting there listening to you because she, she identifies, she recognizes where the wolf is. Because some of them are just flunkies, right? Just talking. But the wolf is in that mist, in that pack. The pastor has that oversight to see the wolf. Because she, her concern is protecting the flock. She's the caretaker of the master's flock. She is on assignment to protect the flock. So, they, so again, the wolf, they travel in packs. They make a terrible howling noise. You know, that's a wolf, right? They distract you. Terrible howl, A lot of noise. And it says generally they're cowardly. That's why they travel in packs. It's amazing how the wolf does, right? It's not going by to talk to you by yourself. They're going to come with others. Because they're by themselves. They're a coward. It's amazing. The, the, the crowd gives them strength, right? They come with the pack so they can have strength to say something. You know, like back in the day, you know, you with your boys. Now you, you're, you know, with your, with your boys, you know, you tough, right? But you by yourself, you're just a little weak something. But you with your boys, now I'm, I, I'm strong now. I can say something. Yeah, you're just a coward. Whatever you can say, can you say it without your, your boys? Here's the thing. Can you say it to her face without anybody around? No, you're just a wolf. Distraction. Coming to scatter the flock. But see, we have a shepherd. We have the office of the pastor. She can spot you. How does she spot you? Because God is going to show her who the wolf is. You know, don't miss what I said. That's how I'm going to tell you. God will show up. <laughs> he will show you God like, oh, there is a God. God just identified you as the wolf. He showed up on you. And yet, when they have a sense of weakness, they prey on their attack. So if they sense weakness in you, you become their prey. That's why you see the wolf kind of just wanders around the congregation, trying to see who's weak, listen to the conversations that happen in the congregation. That's the wolf. Seeing, seeing if you're going to start saying stuff about the pastor. Because, you know, that's the number one topic of the, con- of the con- uh, congregation, right? So who's your pastor? Your pastor Hill? Yes, she's our pastor. Well, how do you feel about that? That's the wolf. What do you mean how I feel about that? That's God's a calling. It, he, no, God didn't ask me how I felt about it. Then why are you wolf asking me how I feel about it? Because you want to attack me? That's the wolf. Looking for those that are weak amongst the congregation. Here's the thing that gets me, and I, and, I, and I saw this, obviously, what I found in Pastor. He identified a wolf, and he ran a wolf out of here. And, you know, here's the thing about the wolf. You know, the wolf, you know, it's not always a male. There were some female wolves here, too. And the female wolf, is that a cuss word? 
But that female wolf got up out of here too. He ran out the female wolves. In other words, hey, if you're a wolf, whatever sheep clothing you got on, you're going to be identified and tell, told to leave. You ran them out. That's why I always, I marvel sometimes at like how you can see some things. You know, those, I'm saying, how, how our pastor sees things. He can see things that you, you had no idea. See. And again, and he watches. He can identify. And again, I, like I said, just because, <laughs> I'm trying to give you all some warnings, you wolves out there. Just because they don't say nothing don't mean they don't know. <laughs> because they don't say nothing, that is God's mercy and God's great miracle. Because that's what comes out of the heart of God, right? That's their mercy and grace to get you to turn from being a wolf to a sheep. Giving you time to repent. That's God's grace. Don't think you've gotten away with anything. <laughs> they recognize and understand it, but they're waiting for God to say, now, address that. And I've seen that over a period of time and time again. How you see people out of order, see people trying to bring discord amongst their brothers, you see people that are trying to prey on those that are weak. And they never get to place getting it right. And then some ordinary Sunday morning, again, when the music, music wasn't all that, when the preaching in your mind wasn't all that, all of a sudden God just showed up on that Sunday. When it's a regular day, like, like October 6, 2019, just a regular Sunday morning, and you get called out. The wolf gets exposed, and then you have to leave. But they're praying on the week. So ask yourself, are, are, are you those that are weak amongst us? If the wolf keeps praying on you, asking questions about the leadership, that's the wolf. Don't come with me telling me questions, questioning the leadership in our pastor. Guess what? I don't want to hear what you think. Well, I think she should blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear that. You must think I'm, I'm weak. I'm not weak. They're looking to pray to see who they can attack, to scatter you, to get you to leave. And you become the casualty and they'll still be here. They don't got you to move on. Now they're looking for the next one. See, again, that's what I'm saying. That's why the pastor can identify the the wolf. Because the wolf will stay around and scatter as much as they can from the flock to prey on, to consume them. And you know, it's amazing. Once you leave, they have nothing else to do with you. You know, you act like you think these people are your friends. What we have in common is here in the ministry. Jesus Christ alone. Outside of here, you see people that are left here, they have nothing else to do with you. You don't have no fellowship at all with them. They were just there to scatter you. On pray. Pray on you. They're on a different assignment. And they almost always go out by night to attack their prey, meaning they thrive in darkness. We're talking about these wolves, right? They thrive in darkness. That's what I mean by night. It's darkness. Again, they're going to come with you about something that you're offended about. They're going to see something that happens and all of a sudden they're going to use that opportunity like something happened and they go your way. All of a sudden, here comes a wolf. They come to you. So that was wrong what they did. They didn't treat you. You got treated misfairly. They're going to bring those things up. That's the darkness part. Trying to get you at at your point where you are on the fence. That's when you're weak. That's the wolf. They thrive in darkness. They're approaching you then. You were once singing, but now you're sitting down. Now here comes the wolf from talking. Why are you sitting down? 
well, I blank this, that, and blank, blank this, and blank, blank that. They say, well, other people did that, and they're not sitting down. They're still standing. That's right. They only sit down certain people. They don't sit on everybody. That's the wolf talking to you. What a different standard for some people and not others. That's the wolf. And you start agreeing. That's right. That looks right. Yeah, because I see they, they did the same thing I did. And they still singing. They're still playing instrument. They're do, still doing whatever. Why they sit me down? Not because they're just picking on you. That's why. They don't love you. They don't care for you. That's the wolf talking to you. They're thriving in that darkness. The next thing you know, here you are joining the pack of the, of the wolves. That offended pack. The offended pack is one that get, 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 gets up here and say they don't love in that church. That's the offended pack. Those that say, well, I, I don't, you know, that church, I don't see the love there. I don't, which, I don't know what people mean, but they don't see the love there. Right? Because the love comes out of the heart of God. The, the love, you know how you see the love of God here? Because we have a pastor. That right there shows you the love of God in this place. Because he's given us a pastor according to his heart. That alone statement shows you there is love here. That alone is the work. So those are impacts. They're going to talk about that. Oh, they don't love right away. Or, you know, or they have clicks. My thing, clicks to what? You know, it's amazing to me how, how we generate different things that we do in, in ministry. You know, I generate different things we do in ministry. You know, we'll, we'll ask for volunteers for certain things we do. And if you volunteer to do it, then guess what? You're doing it. But then the people that volunteer to do it, all of a sudden that group becomes a clique. But you had the same opportunity to volunteer to do something. But the people that volunteer are the cliques. I'm like, what logic is that? How are they clicking up when you had the same opportunity to volunteer? You know, the things that we looked at with the, the next generation and those things getting started. We asked... All those that are part of that, what did God see them doing in that, in, that, in that work of the ministry? We asked them. And then some came back and said they want to usher. They want to be a greeter. Some people came back and said, I want to be on a panelist. Some came back and said, we want to be a teacher. Right? They, they, they gave their own assessment of what God was doing in their life. And so then we said, okay, we came together and we talked about these things. And then all of a sudden, those people that said certain things, you know, certain people got in certain positions, certain people didn't. But then you hear the, hear the group talking about, oh, they, they're their favorites there. How we, how we got favorites? When you had the same, you could have said what you wanted to do. But now there's favorites. And here people, I don't know my part. Why I was left out. Left out of what? See, I'm telling you, go back and remember the time when everybody was given the same call that you had a time to respond. You know, it's a call and response. That's called faith. You got to, if the call goes out, your faith will call you to respond. And because other people respond out of their faith and you didn't, don't say that we got favorites. We're just working with the ones that responded out of faith. But see, you're caught up with the wolf. Because even within the Pastor Hills arrows, right, there's a pecking order. There's cliques. Certain people get a chance to do certain things. That's the wolf talking. Trying to scatter the sheep even amongst you. See, every time we're trying to get something started, the wolf is there. And like I said, the shepherd is there to identify the wolf, giving you time to repent. Take these things as warnings. 
Now, her brother, I keep talking about that trumpet. You know, we ain't talking about a trumpet uh, for nothing this time. The warning, the trumpet has sounded. The warning is in place for you wolves. You better repent. Again, like I said, one ordinary Sunday, you're going to get exposed. Or like I said, one ordinary Wednesday. Or one ordinary rehearsal. You're going to be exposed. We think nobody's watching. You think God is not in, in, this, in this order at all. And all of a sudden, God will show up on you. But that's the pastor protection for the, for the wolf. The pastor takes care of the flock. But the hireling cares not for it. See, our pastor is not a hireling. That's the whole reason I'm going into talking about those things. I want you to understand what a heart of a pastor is. They're here to protect the flock. So that means they're going to say things to you that's going to, going to challenge you, correct you. Things that you, in your mind you, or your heart, you may or may not agree with. Because you don't see the big, they have the big picture for this local congregation. They've been given the big picture. They understand it. They know the direction that we're going in. And they need to have everybody in place in order to get to that, that destination. You don't see all that. And they're not here trying to explain it to you. I'm going to tell you this. My, my founding pastor, he didn't sit down with me and explain all this. He did not sit down with me and explain everything. Brother, hey, this is what all we're doing. This, this, no. He said, I need you here. Yes, sir. Explain that stuff to me. He didn't have to. I don't need no justification. I'm under this ministry. I'm, un, I'm here to serve. Where you need me to serve. And it's the same thing now with our, our, our pastor, right? Wherever you need from me, you got to explain nothing to me. Just tell me what, what you need me to do. Or tell me what I don't need to do. Whatever the statement may be. But we're looking for an explanation. You've got to explain stuff to us. For us to be able to serve? No. Our service to God. Him alone. Again, verse 13. It says, The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling, and he careth not for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and am known of, am known of mine. As a father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Get that. One fold and one shepherd. And then our local shepherd, our local pastor is under that one shepherd. They're the under shepherd there. They're here to identify the wolves that are in this ministry. They're here to protect us. Right? I want you to see that's part of the office of the pastor. And it comes out of the heart of God that he's given us protection. I thank God is so. I thank God for the protection He's given this ministry through our pastor. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.